you're listening to Wandering Rome. Stinging wind and rain blow into our heroes' eyes and off their backs as they ride on armored beetles down the side of an unnamed mountain and into the shadows of the night. Trees spring up around them, obscuring their view of fleeting red lights, the eyes of the spirits of the wild hunt, which flicker and vanish, leaving nothing behind but the sound of distant horns and the whispers of this, the dark forest. Oh, Finn, have you ever been this scared before? Well, Alder and I fought in the war, but uh, I never saw ghostly apparitions like this. There were a lot of things that scared me while we were fighting, but... But this is definitely a new one. As the group cuts through the forest, they come to a sudden stop as a grove of trees grows really thick. They turn around and see that they are no longer pursued. However, they are no longer accompanied by Yogg and Clance. Oh, Campy, did you see where they went? I thought you were them. No, no. we're us. <laughs> I must have got turned around somewhere. Oh, no. Things get strange once you enter forests. General! Clans! Clans, General! I don't hear I don't hear them. His voice echoes through the trees. Man, you know, it's weird to hear your own voice back. It's also weird to hear it echoing through trees. Normally, uh, trees, <laughs> trees just kind of dampen the sound yeah. there. This is indeed a very strange forest. The trees whisper back, strange forest. Yeah, I don't like it much. First the wild hunt, and now whispering trees. Squeakers turns and tries to assess the situation. Seems like we might have lost them, but it seems like we've also lost the wild hunt. So, I don't know, maybe if we are real quiet and we proceed slowly, maybe we'll be able to find our way out of here. I'm sorry, what was that you said? Oh, no. Um... My mom always said that when you get lost, it's better for you to just stay where you are until someone comes and finds you. As Raindrop says this, the branches of the trees begin to rustle, and red eyes appear on the tree line. A voice comes from the trees, saying, Stay where you are. Stay where you are. Friends, yeah. let's ride. Okay. <laughs> uh, you don't have to tell me twice. But I'm going to. Let's ride. <laughs> yippee ki <laughs> As our party darts off into the shadows of the night and deeper into the forest, a slight gasp can be heard and then disappears as they turn around and see Campy has slipped off the back of the bug. Campy, where are you going? No, please don't leave me, don't leave me! Squeakers yanks the reins of Cracker Jack, flipping around to try to reach Campy. But as they do, Campy seems to be getting farther farther away as Cracker Jack races towards him. Stay where you are. The beetle slows down slightly. Suddenly, very near to them, Campy's voice comes from the trees. Don't leave me. Campy. Don't leave me. Come on out. I don't think that's Campy, Holburn. Ooh. He's joined the hunt. Oh no. Uh, y'all, uh, we should move away from the voice and towards 
any empty space anywhere at all that's not right here. Anything that's not here. Yeah. There's a glimmer of moonlight through the tree line a few hundred yards away. They are able to gallop the beetles toward that glimmer of moonlight and enter a small clearing. Okay. Uh, all right, so the last clearing we were in, we were fine until we weren't. So I think we can just stay here until we're not okay. Up in the branches, a pair of eyes flick open. But these are not the blood red eyes of the wild hunt. These are huge eyes the size of dish plates that are pale and white. Strangers in the dark, the voice says. Okay, that was different than the other voices that we heard. Who's up there? It is nobody but I. Out from the darkness of the tree slinks down a small eye-eye, eyes huge as dinner plates and two long middle fingers on each hand. My name is Lucy. I don't trust you, just so we're all clear. Uh, here, give me just a second on this. Hamish turns and looks to his bees, which have been following him. He grabs one and gives it a little shake, and it starts to glow, and he holds it up, <laughs> illuminating the face of the strange new creature in front of us. Have you heard the voices in the trees? Oh, I have, which is why I'm up in the trees and not down below. Oh, that's actually really smart. Do you have like a tree house or something? My home is up above, but this one's mine. You're welcome to climb your own. Oh, it's just like, just a tree. So it's not like, it ain't got no amenities or nothing? No Swiss family Robinson tree house. That's next door. Aldern found a large rotten book called that. I wonder if they ever got off that island. Hmm. Perhaps you could elucidate a little more about what we should do because you obviously got experience with the voices and stuff. We ain't got none of that. Certainly. I would just get off the ground as she climbers back into the tree and all you hear is, they are coming, you know. They are coming. The ground beneath them seems to twitch as small twigs grasp up towards their feet. Ooh. Um, would you like a ride? Yeah, we probably ought to we probably ought to scramble up one of them trees. What do you think? I think that would be the wise decision in this moment. <clears throat> All right, bees, do your bees. The group begins scampering up the trees. As they do so, the foliage becomes thicker and thicker until they almost break the top of the tree line. In doing so, they see in the distance a small glowing light. Hey, y'all, do y'all see that? What, what are you talking about? It looks like there's a fire some ways away that way. That's a candle flame. You can tell from this far? That's insane. <laughs> there was once a village when I passed through here before. Maybe that village still here. Let's make toward it. So if my calculations are correct, we're pretty far away from there. How do we propose that we get from here to there? Remember how in our derby, the bees carried us? We have the bees and I can fly us a distance. Maybe we should ask our new friend. Uh, Lucy. Yes? <laughs> Her middle <laughs> fingers part some of the tree branches. Oh my goodness. That is mighty 
wonderful that you are here right now, and I'm not scared at all. So, tell me, Lucy, how does one get from here to over there? Well, you can walk, you can fly, you can take a beetle, whatever your means may be. Now, that is mighty unhelpful. Thank you so much, Lucy. I'm glad that we made your acquaintance. The trees and growth under them shakes as they hear horns and the trampling of beetle legs passing underneath. Everybody quiet. You know I'm loath to say something like this to you. There is one bee that we maybe should have left behind. The silliest bee. Not your most obnoxious bee. <laughs> there is one other option I may include that I forgot to mention. Oh, my lord. Tell me right now. <laughs> Lucy, what is that fourth way? Oh, and do please be quick about it. Time is of the essence. We don't know when this thing's gonna go off, and Hamish barely restrains his bee that's wearing a mustache and fake glasses. Well, it is quite simple. Um, have you tried asking the trees? Guys, I have an idea. Squeakers reaches into his bag and produces the cool stick. <gasps> the cool stick. It, it's a stick. What's going on? It's None. a very cool stick. We yeah. got it from a tree. That's where sticks come from. But it was gifted to us by a tree. A talking tree. Because we chose the right hoop. It's a very complicated story. <laughs> How did I end up with you guys? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Squeakers begin swooshing the stick back and forth. As he swooshes the stick back and forth, the tops of the trees begin to sway slightly. I don't know what I'm doing exactly, but I'm just kind of going with what feels right. Hamish pulls up his illuminated bee and looks around at his surroundings. Squeakers, I, I don't know where you learned to do this, but it seems that you're conducting the trees like one would conduct an orchestra. The tops of the trees begin to almost weave together, forming a walkable path towards the village. I never knew that this stick had it in him. And Squeakers gives it a little kiss and puts it in his bag. The gang walks across the path, safely above the hunt. As they continue, they hear something coming from the forest below. Help! Oh, that's those trees again. Don't listen. I hope they don't want us to open a jar of pickles again. Yeah, we almost lost a race because of that. Help! This is clearly a non-pickle-related situation. Oh, shoot. Finn takes the end of his walking stick and softly parts the wooden pathway that they're walking on to gaze down underneath the tree line. When he looks down, he sees a rabbit that is caught in a rope and is dangling above the forest floor. Help! Somebody! More like somebody B. Hamish points down at the rabbit, and a contingent of obedient bees fly down and, and lift the rabbit up out of the rope. Oh no, Hamish, careful! 
One of them is your silliest bee. And we see a bee <laughs> as the rabbit is hoisted into the air. The bee is working to untie the knot. The rabbit is deposited onto the path that the gang is walking on. The silly bee has tied the rope into some kind of bolo tie that is now around the rabbit's neck. Well, I'll be concerned. This bee and I are going to have to have a discussion about his future in our organization. Always oh, just bringing a little humor to dark situations. Well, that is one way of putting it. Thank you, Raindrop. How did you get stuck there, friend? Oh, well, I, 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 I was walking down the path, and I, I, I heard uh, a commotion. <laughs> What, 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 when I when I got to the commotion, I, I, I got tied up in this rope. Well, what is your name, friend? What, 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 well, my name is Piper. Are you from the nearby village? Uh, well, as a matter of fact, I am. It's called Shady Vale. Shady Vale. Uh, are, are you familiar with these, this part of the world? It's been some years since I've passed through this area. Is Mayor Baskerville still here? Oh, oh well, well uh, unfortunately, he died many years ago. Uh, but but, but we, 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 are, we, are, we are more of a community together now. We don't, we, 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 we don't need a mayor. How progressive. A sort of a horizontal power structure going on in Shady Vale. One might, one might call it that. Oh my, I, I, I nearly forgot. I, I had a companion with me. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know where she is. When did you last see her? Well, well I, I, I took a few steps away to check out the commotion that I was telling you about. And well, well, well she might have been uh, uh, left behind. Do you think we could go down and try to get her with your wonderful bees, sir? Sure. Well, let's go. <laughs> now, don't wander off. Wander and Rome will be right back. Hey, friends, Addison here. The 15th annual Grassroots Shakespeare Company Summer Tour is launching in late May. These tours are where Soren, Gary, Steve and I met, and Wander in Rome would quite literally not exist without them. They'll be bringing Twelfth Night, Hamlet, and The Tempest to parks throughout Utah through late June. If you've somehow not seen a Grassroots show before, these crowd-pleasing accessible performances are not to be missed. Grab some snacks, roll out a blanket on a warm summer's night, and see these spectacular, raucous productions with music by our very own Gary Argyle. Check out the schedule on Facebook. Say hi to Gary and the cast and let them know Wander in Rome sent you. What do we want the people to know, Danny? You're Danny. Who am I? Summer. I'm Summer. We are bisexually lit. This is a podcast about movies and life and everything in between. Two best friends who are loud and queer and love to talk about movies on and off mic. And we'd like to take you along for the ride. Why did we name our podcast Bisexually Lit? Well, like, you know, A, we're bisexual. Extremely. B, we're, we're getting lit. We're giving literary and thematic readings to the movies we love. Yeah. 
You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We drop a new episode every other Monday, bi-weekly, if you will. Oh, I will. Have you ever seen something you couldn't explain? Have you ever felt like something was watching you, even when you were alone? Have your dreams ever started bleeding into the reality around you? Starting March 8th, join us bi-weekly as we travel around the contiguous United States sharing strange stories and discovering mysteries hidden within the vastness of America. Listen to Lower 48 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What are we waiting for? It's a lovely plan. Are you aware uh, of what's going on in these woods right at this moment? Uh, well, well, I, I, I know that there are a couple of uh, uh, unsightly characters in the woods right now. Oh, the woods seem to be playing host tonight to uh, the riders of the Wild Hunt. Uh, the it's... Wild Hunt? Yeah, that's what I said. It's the Wild Hunt, and, and it seems to me that down on the ground level, there's... Uh, significant danger of being taken by the wild hunt well well my my friend she she's a pretty uh, strong gal I, I i i i don't think she's gonna be taken by the wild hunt well if you want to take your chances we can head on down uh, now what was your friend's name uh what well her name is you finn hooks his walking staff into the crook of two tree branches and swings down to look underneath the pathway a dozen or so feet away, he can see the outline of a skunk that's been snared up in a patch of the undergrowth that's grown up into the top of the trees. Oh there, are you... Yuke? Oh yeah! <laughs> can you move, Yuke? It seems as though I've been stuck in some tall grass, brother. <laughs> Why are you always wrestlers? <laughs> Stay there, I'm coming to you. Can I give you a ride down? That would be great. Aldern will scoop up Finn in his talons and carry him softly to the forest floor. The grass on the forest floor is still twisting and curling as if trying to grasp at their feet, but Finn is able to clamber up the tree where Yuke is ensnared and pulls the spearhead from his back and is able to cut her free. Oh yeah, beating those spears into plow heads, oh yeah. Mm, using those weapons of wars as tools, yeah. <laughs> Your friend is up above in the trees now. Oh, Piper, yeah. Let's get you up into the top of the trees. This grass seems a uh, pretty grass-by. The sound of the rustling grass dampens as footsteps press into it six feet at a time. Quiet. Climb. The sound of the hoofs of one beetle becomes the sound of three beetles, and then six beetles. You haven't long. You haven't long. You haven't long. A tentative peace soon shattered. Shattered. What was that about attentive bees? A tentative <laughs> I thought you were talking about my bees. <laughs> As Aldern, Finn, and Yuke get back on the path, the voices of the wild hunt permeate the air. 
it becomes apparent that they are now following the group as we walk across the trees. You are not safe. You are not safe. You are not safe. One voice suddenly becomes clear as a dark, shadowy form with bright red eyes materializes directly in front of Squeakers. Y'all, y'all, are you seeing this too? What do you want? The spirit remains silent, but it takes a step forward as another spirit materializes in front of Aldern. Hello? Why? Here. Um, we're just trying to leave. We're trying to get to Shady Vale. Yeah, we were trying to stay out of your way. It seemed like y'all were pretty busy with, uh, you know, the running, the trampling and whatnot. Have you seen... Some things, many things, but there is still much left to see. Have you seen? Will you see? What's to come? Another spirit materializes in front of Finn. I have seen past. I have seen present. And I fear to see the future. A spirit materializes in front of Hamish. It says nothing but presses forward. Squeaker slowly reaches into his bag, and from behind, he starts waving the cool stick to compose another path. A spirit darts his eyes to the stick where he senses movement, and he swats the stick out of Squeaker's hand. No! <laughs> the stick tumbles to the forest floor. You monsters! Have you seen? Will you see? I don't care what I've seen and what you've seen. You ain't going to see nothing else. And Squeakers lunges at the spirit. All five spirits press in and start to surround Squeakers. Squeakers puts up his dukes. He's ready to go down. That cool stick meant everything to him. Finn gets back to back with Squeakers, holding his staff in a very defensive position. The five spirits begin to rotate around them as some 20 feet up in the air another pair of red eyes appears. Squeakers, maybe we can find you another cool stick. But I want that one! Squeakers, it was a stick. It was a cool stick. Squeakers, it was a stick. We're in more trouble than a stick. Guys, maybe if you just answer truthfully, the spirits might leave you alone. The red eyes of the spirit above the others blink and look down, and a hand materializes points down over to where Raindrop stands, and the spirit says, What that? I'm a duckling. Um, I'm very fearsome, I know. The red eyes of the spirit blink again and again, and the spirit dematerializes. Oh. I told you I was scary. I, I'm confused about what you need. You just kidnapped, like, all of our friends. And now you're just asking me what... Did you ask them the question and take them away? I'm going to ask you questions now. How do you like that, spirit? How do you like that? Where are you from? Who are you? What's your name? Huh? Uh, Yeah, yeah, you can't say anything, can you? I've seen... Will... Will... I've seen... What that? The the duck? What? She just said, were you not listening? That's a question for you. Tell me that. Are you listening right now? The spirit looks over at Raindrop and disappears. 
confrontation is not the best choice to solve your problem. But it seems to be right now because they are disappearing as I'm yelling at them. Raindrop, we need you to get over here right now. I'm just saying that if I had a sword and or a crown, I would be more inclined to... Uh... Aldern reaches to his side and takes the sword off and hands it tentatively towards Raindrop. Raindrop grasps the sword and a change comes over her eyes. Oh, Fan, you might want to get down. I've seen this before. And Squeakers drops to the ground and puts his hands over his head. The remaining spirits circle about until they're all facing raindrop. You get the sense that their shadowy hands are being raised up in the air. Raindrop's fluff grows two sizes, and she glances menacingly at the ghosts. The spirits jump back in shock, and one steps forward and says, Uh, tentative peace? The glow leaves Raindrop's eyes. She sticks the sword, laid down, and says, I think we can do a tentative piece. The eyes bow, and that spirit disappears. Wonderful, guys. Let's go to town. <sighs> Squeakers gets up and turns to Finn. Okay, Whew. that was a close one. Last time that happened, she leveled a whole city block. Here's your sword, Aldern. Um, thank you. He spins tails. She's never actually leveled a city block. Or have I? And with a wink, she turns and starts walking down the viney path towards the town. As all our heroes turn their backs, behind them there's still the crunch of six spirit feet. Oh yeah, you really <laughs> showed those ghosts. Although it is concerning. Don't these ghosts kind of represent some great, terrible thing that's going to happen? Excuse me. Oh, yes. I heard something about attentive bees. Um, who, who said that? I. And two red eyes blink back. Oh, hello, red eyes in the darkness. Oh, um, no, they, they said a tentative piece. You're free to go, spirit. I said attentive bees. We have many bees. Um, Hamish? Yeah? Do you have your most attentive bee handy? Well, you know, there is one bee who seemingly has paid attention and showed up repeatedly over the course of tonight. I think the spirit may like a word with him. All right, crazy, you here? Oh, man. You're one wacky bee. Doll man, it's going to be hard to say goodbye to you. But I think maybe this is the start of a new chapter in your life. All right, go on, get. The silly bee flies in a spiral pattern over to the red eyes, which blink, and then the bee blinks, and then both vanish. Oh. Yuke thinks that Yuke and Piper were privy to something that we don't fully understand, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I, 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 don't, I don't understand exactly what happened. Maybe this is a metaphor that we need to leave our silliness in a very dark place. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mish, are you doing okay? I'm fine. I'm just very tired, y'all. Why don't we uh, head on over to Shady Vale and uh, see if we can't do something about that tiredness? Yeah, I'll keep watch. 
You don't have to do that. My eyes are peeled. Our group continues down the twisted treetops towards the town of Shady Vales. Dawn breaks over the little village of Shady Vales. A kind of music seems to carry on the air. Our group descends and sees the village spring to life, a stark contrast to the harrowing night that they just experienced. A small, shrunken vole opens the door to one of the cottages and hobbles out, rubbing her eyes as she says, Finn? Finn, is that you? Oh, Grandmother Vole. It's been what? 25, 25 decades? Feels like. <laughs> Finn walks over to this aged Vole and bends down on one knee, pressing his forehead against the ground in front of her. Oh, there's no need for that, friend. It seems that your town is in need, Grandmother Vole. I know it has been long since I have been here, but perhaps, perhaps you will accept me back. You know, there has been a space left in this town since Baskerville, you know. What about your horizontal leadership structure? I heard it's been going well. Yes, but sometimes you just need a charismatic face to look up to. Aldern approaches and says, Finn, these people need your help, and I'm not sure if you can serve in the capacity of a mayor or protector, but somehow I'm sure you will find a way to be of service. Aldern, it's been a pleasure to travel with you over the past perhaps few hours. I was honored to guide you through the mountain pass, and I feel that my services towards you group are now at an end. We will continue on our way. Our journey calls us elsewhere, but it has been a pleasure. If ever you need a, a friendly face, or perhaps a not-so-friendly face, but a kind heart, you are always welcome in Shady Vales. Well, that's mighty kind of you to offer, Finn, and uh, for a fox, you ain't half bad. Finn clasps the silver medallion around his neck and puts the paw on Squeaker's shoulder and says, thank you. That means a lot, actually. I've been striving for uh, an element of redemption, and I feel that in helping you, I have been able to finally find it. Thank you. Next week on Wander and Rome. Our heroes travel down the mountain into the unknown of a new country, the Moor. The landscape of this new place is green and alive. And as they travel, they notice that this land is not as wild and untamed as their home. Tree stumps dot the land as loggers move their cargo on large carts, not driven by any discernible bug. Following the path, the group comes across an isolated cabin in an idyllic meadow. Welcome to Geyserland Cabin. Music for Wander and Rome is written and performed by Gary Argyle. Wander and Rome is produced by Winterhawk Podcasts and Gary Argyle. For more great shows, visit winterhawkpodcasting.com. <laughs>